Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Welcome to episode one of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I am Natasha Daniels, and in this episode, I'll be talking about Beyond Stranger Danger, tips that could potentially save your children's lives. So a lot of people say, you know, why do I have to talk to my kids about them being abducted? I don't want to scare them. You know, maybe they have enough worries, but I tell parents, you know, if, you know, 30 minutes of education with your children can save their lives, why not? And there are ways to talk about it that won't necessarily scare them. So let's get into it. So the first tip, and some of these are going to be really obvious, and some of them are going to be maybe eye-opening. So we'll see. But the first one is, I'm really surprised that parents are still personalizing their kids' stuff. You know, they're slapping their names, their kids' names on backpacks, barrettes, lunch boxes. I mean, I even remember when I was a kid that that was a pretty big no-no. So when I'm driving my kids to school, there are these two girls that are walking to school and they're really young. They might be in kindergarten and maybe they're twins because they look about the same height. And the only thing that I notice when I'm driving my kids to school is the big bold letters of their names on both of their backpacks. And I could easily pull over if I was a totally disturbed adult and say, you know, Susie and Jenny, you know, your mom told me that I needed to take you to school, get in my car. Now, obviously I'm not a sicko. And so I wouldn't do that. But when people use your name, there's a built-in trust. And even as adults, you know, you know, really good marketers will always use your name. Hey, Natasha, this is a great car for you. Natasha, come over here and check out this thing, right? I mean, when people use your name all the time, it's sometimes for a purpose. They're trying to develop your trust and kids are even more susceptible to that. And so if you're broadcasting your kids' names on their stuff, then you're really giving the upper hand to some unsavory people to introduce themselves to your kids by already knowing their name. So first tip, don't put names on your kids' stuff. So simple. The next tip is to develop a family code word. And so you can use the family code word in a lot of different creative ways. So the first obvious one that even when I was a kid, my parents did this, but ironically, for some reason, we did have people come pick us up um, because of some emergency situations and they never used the code word. So I don't know why that was really not um, utilized. But we went in anyway, because kids are totally naive and we're like, we know him, we'll go in the car with him. And we did. Luckily, he was actually just taking us to the hospital. So it wasn't a big deal, but use a family code word. So if someone's going to come and pick your kids up, they have to use that code word to get your child. And this is good because, you know, unfortunately, most kids are abused um, or sexually abused by people they know. And so you know, you can have a family friend who knows where your kids go to school. Granted, the likelihood of this happening is small, but you never know. And if they don't know the code word, tell your kids just not to go with anyone, even if they know them. All right. So that's, that's the obvious use of the code word, but I like to use it in a different way as well. And I'm not, I, hopefully I'm not going to scare you with all of my child therapy stories, but I, sometimes I feel like knowledge 
knowledge is a good thing. Um, and so it's not to make you paranoid or nervous about the world, but you know, to not be naive because in my practice, I'm dealing with, you know, really good families, um, from good homes and bad things do happen. They, they happen to everybody in bad neighborhoods, in good neighborhoods. There is no socioeconomic cushion for, uh, bad things happening to kids or abuse. So I think it's really good to give your kids a code word to use if they are somewhere and something is happening that is not okay. So a lot of times in my practice, uh, really good families. And I want to stress that because I, I feel like a lot of times parents will hear these things and they'll think, uh, Oh, well, you know, that's not going to happen to me. We, we are, we're good people. And our family, they're all good people. And the friends that we're friends with are all good people. And so my kids are not at risk for anything bad to happen. And I'm so sorry, but that is not realistic because the majority of the people that are coming into my practice who have been abused, sexually abused, I'm sorry, I'm talking about that, but they're from people that they trusted, that they're either relatives that they really trusted or really good friends that they thought were awesome or most disturbingly, other kids. And we will talk about that in a totally different podcast, um, purely on body safety. But just for this um, podcast, I wanted to talk about how to use that code word. So your kids could be at a sleepover or they could be, um, you know, they could be at a get together, even in your own home. And you might be with a bunch of adults and they might be with some kids and maybe there's an older cousin or an older friend who is trying to do some inappropriate things with the little kids. And so if you taught your kid a code word, they can come up to you in that adult environment and they can say, let's just say the code word is elbow. And so, you know, if they came, you want to you have pick a code word that can be used in a conversation, but is something kind of weird that would stick out. So it's not like you're, they're going to be using elbow anytime soon but you can wrap that into a normal conversation, if you know what I mean. So, you know, let's say your child is really upset by what this older cousin is doing and wants to um, alert you to the situation, but doesn't want to say anything in front of anyone. Then they might come up to you and they say, you know, mom, my elbow is really hurting. And then at that point, you will know that something completely not okay is happening and you can find a safe place to talk to your child. The other place that you can use code words is if your child is going to a sleepover. I don't want to alarm you, but I can't tell you how many times kids have come into my practice who have been sexually abused by the fathers at sleepovers or the brother or the uncle. It happens all the time. So even if you know the family, you know, you just never, ever completely know. And we can't cocoon our kids into, you know, okay, well, I'm just not going to let them go anywhere ever that's not really realistic and it's really not healthy for your kids, but we can arm them with some of these skills. And so give your kid a code word and, you know, have them be able to call you. And so let's say, you know, they're feeling very creepy and they're like, you know, her dad is very, um, you know, he's, he's acting a little creepy, a little inappropriate, or he's in my space. And I'm getting that intuitive feeling that, uh, I'm not safe. They can call you and they can say something like, Hey mom, you know how my elbow was hurting earlier today? It's starting to hurt me again. And so your friend and their dad 
they're not going to be, you know, picking up on the fact that basically what you're just telling me is you need to get over here really fast and pick me up because I'm not feeling safe. And so develop code words and, and that way your child has them. And you're going to have to remind them once in a while, Hey, remember our code word is blah, blah, blah. So develop code words. Okay. Up next, let's talk about how kids can protect themselves. You're listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. So these are going to be some weird tips, but if your child walks anywhere by themselves or with other kids um, alone, teach your kids to, um, if they're being followed by a car, which again is pretty unlikely, but it does happen. So if they're being followed by a car, tell them to run in the opposite direction of the car. It will save them a 30 seconds and that 30 seconds can be a lifesaver because that car is going to have to do a U-turn and turn around and that will give them some, it'll buy them a little bit of time to run and get help. So teach them to run in the opposite direction of the car that's chasing them. The next tip is, you know, when kids get lost, we normally tell them, well, a lot of times we tell them, you know, just look for an officer or look for um, a cop. But I don't know about you, depending on where you live, but I don't see a lot of cops just walking around in the mall or, you know, at the amusement parks. And so a better thing to tell your kids is when they're in trouble or they um, can't find you, tell them to look for a mom with kids. Now, I know that not every mom is Mother Teresa. (laughs) Okay. I watch the news too, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So... If your child is in a bind, you know, they're not going to be able to differentiate who is safe and who's not as adults. We can, you know, just look at somebody and maybe intuitively know, okay, that person seems, you know, a little creepy and that person seems really safe. You know, if you've got good intuition, you can sense these things, but our kids tend to not have those abilities as much. And so if you just give them that rule, especially for little kids, look for a mom with kids and go up to them and tell them that you're lost or tell them that you need help. And so teach your kids to look for a mom with kids when they're in trouble. You then want to teach your kids what should they do in case somebody is trying to take them somewhere. And so um, a lot of times, you know, we ignore kids when they're screaming. I'm sure that you hear kids screaming all the time and you probably don't think about it. You know, you probably don't look back and see, you know, why is that kid screaming? In fact, you might not look that way because you might feel like you don't want to embarrass the mom or the parent who is having to deal with that. Right. I mean, sometimes I'm very, uh, aware of like trying to not make someone feel bad when I hear their kids screaming. So you want to teach your kids to scream, you know, who are you? Or you're not my mom and dad. Tell them to scream something that will get people's attention. If I was sitting in the store and I heard a kid scream, you know, who are you? Or you're not my mom and dad or help. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? I'm going to look because that's going to be kind of alarming to me. Now, granted, some people may not look. They might just be like, whatever, that kid's just being bratty. I'll look. And there's going to be a couple of me's in the store probably who are like, I need to go rescue that child. So teach your kids to scream something other than, you know, get off me or leave me alone. Teach them to scream something like, who are you? Now, some kids may feel uncomfortable screaming, and um, I can really relate to this just on a general level, Uh, total side note, little story here. But when I was probably about, I don't know, I was maybe like 12 and 
I went white water rafting. So this has nothing to do with stranger danger, just to let you know. But they told you when you're going white water rafting that if you hit a rock, you should take your feet and like propel off the rock to, you know, move past it. So I'm white water rafting and I see this rock. So I naturally, you know, take my feet and I try to propel off the rock and my one foot doesn't come back. And so it's stuck between this crack. So my inner tube goes flying out from under me and continues going, it continues to go down the river. And so I'm stuck on this rock. And the only thing that's keeping me kind of floating up is that my ankle is stuck in between, you know, this hole in this rock. It's so bizarre. And so my ankle is starting to pop. I know this is a really gross story, but my ligaments are popping and I can hear them popping. And, you know, I'm aware that my ankle is going to fully break and I'm going to, you know, be freed from this rock, but I'm going to go um, down the rest of the rapids without an inner tube. And I didn't think that that was going to be a very uh, safe thing to happen because <laughs> I thought I'd probably die. I probably wouldn't. Who knows? I don't know. But I was 12 and I was really freaking out. So I'm, I found this little twig and I kind of put all my weight on the twig. And so it was enough to kind of hold me into that spot without being pushed a little bit. But it was a small little stick and I knew it wasn't going to last. And so at this point, I hadn't I hadn't been vocal at all. All this is happening and I'm I'm silent. And I look to the shore and there's all these people on the shore and there's lifeguards on the shore. And I'm not saying a word. And I couldn't scream. It was so weird. I wasn't used to screaming. I wasn't a screamer. And um I guess I was a little introverted as a kid and it wasn't my it wasn't my natural gut instinct to scream even in a situation where I thought my life was in danger. And so how scary is that? And I remember even at 12, mentally telling myself, Natasha, you're either going to scream or you're going to die. So you need to get over yourself and you need to start screaming. And it felt really weird and phony. And I was like, help, uh, help. And then I was like, help. And you know, finally kind of escalated. And they, they finally saw me and they realized I was in distress and they were able to eventually rescue me, but it, it actually took quite a while. Um, and my ankle broke. It was really gross. But um, my whole point to this nasty story is that, you know, teach your kids to scream. And even if you have to practice in the car or make it a game, you know, you don't have to do it in a scary way, but teach your kids to scream because they may not naturally do it. And also they might be way too respectful to adults. And so you want to tell them that it's okay to say no to adults and it's okay to scream at them, which leads me into the next tip, which is teach your kids to be destructive if someone's ever trying to take them away. And so, you know, polite kids are not going to make a scene and they might even not know what to do. And so if you are able to sit down with your kids and tell them, you know, when you're having this stranger danger talk and you say, Hey, if somebody is ever going to to take you or try to get you to go somewhere that you don't want to go, make a huge scene. And so if you're in the grocery store, you know, knock down those soup cans, knock down things, the display, knock down whatever you see, because that's going to draw a lot of attention. Also tell your kids, um, okay, this is going to be a gross one. So if you're eating, you can put your food down, but Tell your kids to pee. 
tell them to pee when it's happening. I know that sounds totally weird, but even the perpetrator isn't going to be very, very keen on that. Nobody wants to take a stinky peed kid. They're going to get freaked out themselves and it's going to draw a lot of attention because if you see a child peeing, you're probably going to look and be like, whoa, what's going on over there? You know, there's a big pool of yellow. Something's not okay. So, you know, gross tip, teach your kids to pee. Okay. Final tip on this topic is if you're going to be going to like a big amusement park or, um, you know, a museum, anywhere where there's a big crowd, I always dress my kids and this is going to sound like completely paranoid, but I always dress my kids in a, a fluorescent type of color. So they all have bright yellow clothes. And if you go through all of my sad family vacation photos, they're all wearing something neon. Um, I think they have like, I think I have like bright green and bright yellow and I think bright orange. So, you know, I just buy them for these big trips where we're going to be going somewhere in an amusement park and I can spot them a mile away. And so I know a lot of people do have this idea as well, because when I'm at like Disneyland or whatever, I look around and I see other fluorescent kids. (laughs) Those are, um, parents of my ilk. So yeah, dress your kids in bright colors and it's so much easier to pick them out in a crowd. It will kind of save you, um, that constant, wait, where's, where's the third one? Where's the fourth one? However many kids you have. So dress them in bright colors. And also lastly, you know, take a picture of them in front of wherever you're going. And this is going to sound totally morbid. So bear with me, but this whole theme is a little morbid. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's a great family photo because, you know, it's nice to get a picture in front of wherever you're going to be, but also then you have a recent photo of your child and what they were wearing. So God forbid something happens to them. The police are going to want to know, give me a description of what they were wearing. And you're going to have a very recent photo of that day. So this has been a very, um, doom and gloom introductory topic to this podcast, but I feel like it's a really important one. And I will leave a link in the show notes, um, on anxious toddlers.com slash zero zero one that links to the article that I wrote about this because, um, this article was shared over 125,000 times. It was a really popular article that I wrote on my website, but what I do like about it is if you scroll down on the bottom, there's 158 comments and people started piping in with their own ideas, their own suggestions. And there are some amazing tips in the comment section. So if you have time, go ahead and check that out. So I hope you found this helpful. If you want to learn other parenting tips, you can always visit anxioustoddlers.com. Um, if you want to contact me, there is a contact button. And if you want to join my private Facebook groups, there's one for anxious, um, you know, parents of anxious kids, and there's one for just general parenting. I have links at the very bottom of my website to join that group. And we have some great discussions in there. So feel free to check that out as well. Just remember, if you don't want to miss an episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you are enjoying this new podcast, you can leave a review and that would definitely help me get the ball rolling and get it out to more people. So I do appreciate that. So until next time, go out there and make it a great day. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.